This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For the first time ever, California has publicly offered to voluntarily cut their use of Colorado River water in exchange for federal money. That could be a big development since California is the largest and most senior user of the river, and it could potentially re-energize negotiations among the seven states that rely on Colorado River water. Those western states are already facing a massive water and power crisis as soon as next year because water levels are plummeting at Lake Powell, one of the two main reservoirs on the Colorado River due to drought and overuse. And so far, those states haven't agreed on a plan to drastically curtail their water use after missing an August deadline set by the Interior Department to do so. So today we check in with Politico's Annie Snyder about the impact of California's voluntary water cuts, if it could actually help set the stage for a bigger deal, and how the Biden administration plays into all of this. It's Tuesday, October 11th. So California is offering 400,000 acre feet of voluntary compensated conservation. In pure numbers, that is about 9% of California's allocation of river water. And California is, of course, the biggest user of Colorado River water. And of course, Reclamation has said that water users are going to need to save 2 to 4 million acre feet of water to keep the river out of crisis just next year. So 400,000 acre feet of 2 to 4 million acre feet is not really going to move the dial in a significant way towards that goal. There's a couple other things about this offer that are worth noting. The past when California has made sort of voluntary commitments to conserve water, they haven't always followed through on that. And then very importantly, this offer of 400,000 acre feet is dependent on federal funding. That would be funding both to compensate the farmers or municipal users that are leaving their water in the reservoir, and also, importantly, funding to deal with the environmental crisis at the Salton Sea. This is a large inland sea in Southern California that is fed by irrigation runoff from the Imperial Irrigation District. And so the state of California, the water users in California have said federal funding for addressing this environmental crisis is a prerequisite for them following through on this offer of conserving 400,000 acre feet. Gotcha. So it's just a small step, but it sounds like this move from California could actually reignite negotiations between the seven Western states that rely on the river. So why is that? And why is California so important here? Well, so that's right. The California water agencies explicitly provide an overture in this letter asking the federal government to immediately re-engage the states in a conversation about the broader sort of conservation that would be needed to keep the system out of crisis. I've talked to a couple of the major players on the river in recent days to get their reaction to the California offer. And they've said, absolutely, we are interested in continuing these conversations. They say these sort of less formal conversations 
negotiations have been ongoing all along, although some of the other states don't necessarily see this offer from California as moving the dial in a big way in terms of the state of those negotiations. We have seen other states and other major players say that they are very eager to take California up on this offer to re-engage. The other thing that's important here is that this is the first time that any state has put numbers down on a page about how much they're willing to conserve. And this is California saying this is such an important issue that we are willing to go it alone. And of course, the fact that this is the first time that we're seeing California put forward a statement about what they are working on and what they're willing to do and being the largest user of water and the one, the state whose water gets cut last as reservoir levels drop, that's important. Gotcha. And just taking this back federally, we know the Biden administration had set an August deadline for the states to come up with some sort of deal. That didn't happen, of course. But is the federal government working on solutions in the background from what we know? Yeah, not only did the states not come up with a deal by that August deadline, the Interior Department also did not follow through on its threat. When it had set that August deadline, had said, this is a deadline for the states to come up with a deal or we will take unilateral action. But Interior did not take that unilateral action. Instead, what they did was sort of tease some areas that they were thinking about that they were going to like do a little bit of research on to see if they could actually do something in that area. And if not actually act, at least scare the states enough into thinking that it's possible that they'll act. So a couple of things we know that they're looking at. One is this idea of starting to account for water that's lost to evaporation or to leaks in canals. In the lower basin states of Arizona, California, and Nevada, that's not being done. So we know that Interior is looking at potentially, essentially charging states for that evaporation. And another thing that we know that they are doing is thinking about what authorities they have next year for moving a water around in the system, both from moving it from upstream reservoirs into some of these big reservoirs where they're very worried about hydropower cutting off and have some major infrastructure issues, but also potentially whether they could just send out fewer deliveries overall. There's some really big legal questions around that, whether or not they have the authority to do it. And then another huge factor here is they're looking at how to spend money. Interior got $4 billion from the Inflation Reduction Act to put towards drought mitigation measures, and that's on top of $8 billion that was in the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. That Inflation Reduction Act money in particular is being eyed because it was written to give Interior a whole lot of flexibility with how they spend it. And it sounds like they are making some decisions right now about how to prioritize that spending, and in particular, how to balance the need for getting some short-term deals versus investing in longer-term solutions. There's been a lot of conversation about how to balance those two needs and essentially how to balance that in how the funding is spent. Also, on Friday, the Environmental Protection Agency said that lead emissions from certain aircraft engines are a threat to public health and welfare, a first step toward regulating roughly 170,000 small aircraft that still use leaded fuel. That fuel used by small aircraft is the top remaining source of lead emissions in the U.S. And lead hinders cognitive development in children is linked to other health issues in adults, like cardiovascular effects, worsened kidney function, and reproductive problems. Environmental advocates have long called for the EPA to take action on leaded fuel, particularly because communities around airports, where emissions are highest, tend to have more people of color and low-income populations. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch, and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Energy demand is on the rise. That's why Chevron plans to increase its oil production by 15% over 2021 levels in the Permian Basin, all while continuing to reduce both carbon and methane emissions intensities. Learn more at chevron.com slash Permian Production. 